welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim Singleton, your host. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage productions that feature African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, it is my pleasure to highlight the International Association of Blacks in Dance. And our guests today to discuss this organization are the two co-executive directors, Omar Ingram and Dr. Natasha Moreland Spears. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Welcome, thank you. Yes, I am so excited to have you here. I like to highlight organizations like this so that you know my audience know that, that you are out here. Tell our audience a little bit about your professional backgrounds and how you became involved with the International Association of Blacks in Dance. Well, my journey to the International Association of Blacks in Dance um, is interesting. I was first introduced to the organization serving as the marketing director for the Dayton Contemporary Dance Company, which is one of the founding um, organizations of IBD. Um, and attended my first conference um, almost almost 20 years ago in 2006 in Brooklyn. Um, fast forward um, in my career, continuing in the arts and culture realm, I attended the next conference in 2019 when the Day Contemporary Dance Company was in fact um, hosting the conference in Dayton, but I was serving um, in another leadership role at another nonprofit. And um, as I was transitioning out of Ohio into Nashville, was staying um, close, um, Omar and I um, became friends per, just, just really like almost a year prior to me joining the team. Um, and one of my best friends is the daughter of one of the founding members, um, Debbie Blunden Diggs, who serves as um, the chief artistic director for Dane Contemporary Dance Company, um, said to me, hey, IIBD is looking for a co-executive director. They're shifting the model. Um, and this was an opportunity to, for me to return um, first to, to, to dance, art, and culture because I love it. And then secondly, to work for an organization that I just have a really um, strong, great deal of respect for and the legacy and what it um, means to, to the Black dance community and telling our stories um, in that way. And so I was excited to be able to come in and work with my friend, but also to serve um, an organization with such a rich legacy um, in history and to be able to build on that. Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Omar? Uh, definitely a different story. Um, I have been with IBD for 12 years now, 13, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, I originally uh, went to Howard University. Um, and oh, at wait a minute, HU? You know. <laughs> um, and so uh, being a, a student child of Howard, um, I was around IBD without knowing that I was around IBD. I went uh, as a musical theater major, but the dance majors were always going to IBD each year. Um, and at that time, IBD meant the conference. Um, from that point, right after I graduated, I was asked uh, by our former president and CEO if I would come and stage manage uh, three, I think I did three of six shows um, around the DC area. So the Kennedy Center, et cetera, which I did not know would go like the last 13 years um, from stage managing shows uh, each year to, I believe I came on as the special assistant for programs 
And then IBD received its Mellon grant. Um, and with that, I then became the program's director as it became a, a full-time organization. Um, then I transitioned to being the co-executive lead um, as our former president and CEO transitioned out. And now, um, as of last December, we just hit a year, um, co-executive director. Oh, awesome. That is amazing. So um, for my audience members who are not familiar with the organization IABD, um, could you give us just a brief history, you know, how it got started, when it got started, who would like to tackle that? In 1988, um, Joe Myers Brown received a $5,000 grant um, to convene Black dance companies. Um, and from that to now, we have transitioned drastically. Um, but she gathered a bunch of her friends who had companies around the U.S. Um, and at that time, they formed the, I'm not going to mess that name up. So at that time, they formed the organization um, in a different iteration. Uh, and from that point, it has progressed and progressively grown um, from not just dance companies to dance studios, to uh, dance lovers, dance friends, dance scholars really around in the beginning, making sure that dance companies were seen by presenters so that the opportunities that they were not afforded because presenters didn't know where to find them or how to get to them uh, shifted. And that became a space where they were able to see Black dance companies for who they were, um, which has grown tremendously um, because now our membership of, I think that first gathering was maybe 30... 80 professionals who were there um, is now a membership of over 2,000 um, who are always ready to gather and, and to do this work. Um, that first conference was the International Conference of Black Dance Companies. And then in 1991, we became the International Association of Blacks and Dance. So let's talk about your conference. Um, you're doing it in collaboration with the, the Collage Dance Collective. Tell us a little bit about that organization and how the collaboration came about. Um, Collage was founded um, in New York in 2006 and then ultimately moved um, to the Memphis region um, in, in 2007 when, when Memphis was going through its own kind of renaissance, um, if you were. And so bringing um, Black dance back um, to that region. Um, they're now one of the largest Black-led uh, performing arts organizations in the South um, and one of the few professional um, ballet companies in the world. Um, and their roster, of course, both um, BIPOC um, dancers. Um, they present full length, um, a full length season in Memphis, and then also they tour nationally and internationally, as well as running um, a dance conservatory that trains um, kids of color um, in, in the classical art form um, and, and making them one of the largest uh, nonprofits in the region that, that does that. Um, Omar will help me in this space in terms of when the 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 partnership came to light because I actually joined the team after I've only been with the team for about six months so joined well after the partnership began but I know that this is our first time in the south we typically are on that east coast region and so with this being our first um, opportunity in the south it really just creates an opportunity for us to not only partner with an amazing organization um, with with its risk 
rich history, but we're partnering in Memphis um, against the backdrop of music and Bill Street. And so it just really, and our rich history, and it just really makes sense. Uh, I, I, just to add, I think Collage has been a partner of IBD um, and participating in some of our other programs, uh, chief of which is our Kohai Move program for the last seven years. Um, and in that time span, there was a lot of reach out from Memphis Tourism um, about, oh, you should bring the conference, you should bring the conference. And when we hit the pandemic and we thought about when uh, new locations um, to take the conference and festival, which was part of our board's uh, request of looking at new spaces, um, it made sense that the only other time we had been to the, to the South was in North Carolina, and it was a, a dialed down version of the conference and festival. Um, but to enter a new territory um, and at the, which was a little more serendipitous uh, and not as initially uh, thought about, but to take it Memphis, which is a civil major civil rights city at the top of an election year, um, made a lot of sense to have the conference and festival be there um, with its theme of can't turn you love, can't turn you loose, a love letter to black dance. Oh, wow. Wow. So um, tell us about the type to, type of workshops you have, as well as the programming that you have during the conference. So we do for the workshops, et cetera, those are, uh, we file them as our Move, Talk, Learn series, 46 that comprise that. And in order to do it, we have workshops, lectureship demonstrations, roundtable discussions, panels. Um, and one of the things that we started a couple of years ago that is uh, I'm passionate about is our At the Feet of the Master series. Um, and inside of all of those, they are opportunities um, as a Howard student. The first thing we learned um, in the theater department was it wasn't show business, it was business show. Um, and so the way that we look at curating this is to focus on the business elements and the scholarly elements that um, make artists who they are and make sure that they have the ability to uh, have longevity in their careers. And then our At the Feet of the Master session is a two-hour dance class, about 90 minutes of actual instruction and 30-minute question and answer with those masters who are either current masters or just one step down um, and have the opportunity to learn and study with a master or an inventor of a technique um, or a codifier of a technique. Uh, and so this year we have Lauren Anderson from Houston Ballet, Ronald K. Brown is joining us, Little Buck is joining us, and then <laughs> Kathy Smith is teaching Horton. At, they, I was wondering, I was like, okay, he hasn't said Little Buck yet. I, I can get to all of them, um, but in that 46, which actually puts it at 58 mm -hmm. um, different sessions that we will be having this year. On top of that, we also have our dance class series and our uh, conference and festival auditions which are four different auditions we have over three days. And this year, I believe it is 60 dance classes that are also occurring over those three days. So there are lots of ways to engage with us um, in Memphis this year. I also think if I could just add with the Little Buck piece is not only does this is the city playing a, a backdrop, but bringing Little Buck brings in that juking, which is, you know, that art form, that dance form that is really specific to Memphis. So Memphis and um, what the backdrop that it asks is, is, a, is a, a, a through line in all aspects of the conference, not just in the aesthetics of it. Wow, that's great. That's great. So um, not only dancers come to your conference, but you have other professionals too. Tell us about who else attends. 
it really is a conference open for lovers of dance. Um, it, we can You can be categorized as, oh, I just like dance today. I learned about it yesterday. I am a dance scholar. I'm a dance student. I'm, I'm a dance administrator. I'm a dance administrator. I'm a dance parent. Mm -hmm. um, however, it, it the theme lends itself to making sure that anyone who has only ever seen dance once um, is able to come and be involved and the the programming is designed so that there is something for everyone and in and, and to help and aid in your matriculation. Oh wow, that's great. So it seems like you cover a lot of things in the conference. Let me ask both of you, what is your favorite part of the conference? We're at that point where my 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 joking reaction is normally, ooh, the day after it's over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I really I have two moments. There's the moment right before we open the registration room. I don't think anyone has ever heard me say this, but it's normally the moment where silently I find a corner and just pray um, to like, let us get through it. Let the things that we have done um, be fruitful. And then somewhere on Sunday morning, right before we, and so this is a tandem part, we announce the scholarships um, that have been awarded to the students is also the moment where I probably find a different corner and just cry. Um, and it's normally because by that point, someone has come and said, what I remember from last year's conferences, someone came and said, you know, this was the first time that our students have been able to see so many different genres on stage. And they felt that there was something for them to do in matriculating through dance professionally, um, which got me. It was a moment I I just turned my back, let the tears flow. And then we went and we read out all the scholarships. But there are those moments where it truly is about the people and not for our own self-gratification. Um, and so that and knowing that it landed how we want it to is always great for me. What about you, Dr. Natasha? Well, I think for me, because this will be my first conference on this side of, of the space um, in, in prior years, um, of course, representing um, Dinkins for Dance Company. I was there as the marketing director attending, you know, our performance and connecting with colleagues. Um, and then, you know, in 2019, when they were hosting the 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 um, museum that I worked for was a venue space for them. So really. um pulling on what I experienced in those two situations was just the um, excitement of, of the space. Like it, the energy that you feel in the space of all of these people coming from across the world, because I believe we'll be represented by 12 countries at this conference, if I have that number correct. So you see people from all over the world who are in this space and their love language, their connectivity is dance. And to be in that space is super exciting. So I'm just looking forward to, to being on this side of the, of the table and being able um, to, to experience that. Sounds like such an amazing conference. It is. It really is. Congratulations to both of you and everybody involved in helping to put it together. Thank you. So I want to talk a little bit more about um, IABD. Um, I read that you also engage in advocacy work. Tell us a little bit about that. 
the the reason why this organization was founded and where we are now in terms of dance and the integration of um social justice and artistry no matter what the form is is so is so very different and so when we look about um, when we think about advocacy it's not just about um blacks and dance is all of the intersectionality is black and female black and lgbtq and all of those things black and um you know housing challenge you know all of those how health care all of those things and so i believe that omar and i in our tenure are really beginning to understand and focus on where do we make where do we make the difference in that space? How do we connect our partners with colleges so that they can, um, you know, work with those students in those departments? So it's it's a vast, it's a myriad of things that we're that we're working on and digesting to be of service um, to the sector and our partnerships with with Ely and and all of these other organizations, Performing Arts Alliance. We're really addressing the issues that are impacting um, the sector and and how we serve it and understand that not every member of this sector, it's not a monolith. So everybody's dealing with a different set of challenges. Omar, that's my take. I'll give it to you now. I don't know that I really have to add to it. Um, <laughs> I think it, it. we used to say, and we kind of still do, Black is the color that encompasses all colors. And in that, it's also the space that holds everything. Being that we were founded by five phenomenal Black women, um, I think there's a space that similar to Black women, IABD holds um, in being a nurturing space mm -hmm. for all people. Um, and I, and that is my other internal monologue that I never really voice um, about the way that no matter how you find your way to IABD, there is something that we can do for you. And if we can't figure out how to do it for you, we can figure out who to connect you with to get it done. Um, and the way that we want to show up in spaces for people is intentional. And so advocacy from that space about being a representative and of service um, is, is critical and crucial. So I read that your organization received the National Medal of Art Award, which is a big deal. Um, tell us about that. Um, I, I, it, so we, I can kind of talk about it. We, it predated all of us who are on this oh, call. Okay. Um, so from the aspect that I was able to engage, uh, was a really lovely experience. I think we were part of the 2021 class. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so many legendary change makers who have, uh, either succeeded in arts or humanities, um, and to be awarded the the first round of medals um, by President Biden and as part of his administration was also a monumental space um, to have been allowed and post-pandemic. Um, so there were a lot of a major feels. Uh, we were glad to be able, um, my, my big thing, I'm a hospitality person always, so trying to make sure people have a great experience. Um, so to be able to invite our board and our founders to D.C., um, to go, our founders uh, and our former president and CEO were able to go and accept the award on behalf of the association. Um, and then to be able to go out to dinner and just celebrate with everyone in the DC community. Great, great. Well, getting an award is always a good thing. It's kind of a confirmation that, that your work that you do in the community and on behalf of the arts is being recognized. So kudos to the organization. And I'm sure there are more awards coming your way. We received that. <laughs> yes, we do. 
<laughs> um, so talk a little bit about the programming that you had, because we, we spoke about the conference. Talk about your other programming and the initiatives that you have. Uh, so our Cohab Move program has been around for seven years. It's a partnership with the Mellon Foundation and or it's funded by the Mellon Foundation and a partnership with Nonprofit Finance Fund. Um, and so in that program, we have awarded just under $2 million to 30 dance companies for their general operating support and capacity building. We have our forward program, which is a slight offset of that funded by the Ford Foundation. Um, and in that program, we have 14 dance companies, studios, institutions who are participating, uh, and they also span five different countries. We have our CLEAR project, which is helping, we have helped to uh, document and archive materials, treasured materials from dance companies around the U.S., our auditions and our On The One series, we have talked about um, On The One, we allow that to actually take place in different cities throughout the year. Those are a couple of the ones that are popping up top of mind. And then our initiatives are similar in that vein. One of the biggest ones that we've done in the last couple of years, and it was an offset of uh, our Kohai Move program, was actually releasing our Black Report, kind of in the advocacy space as well. Um, it was, I think, Natasha, what did I say, 528 yes. downloads we received in the last three years. Um, and it was a an unintentional study on uh, 30 Black dance companies and the way that they have been able to create their art. Um, you know, we typically say that Black people are able to squeeze the life out of a penny. Um, and so what it really showed us is the way that we are innovative and creative and have been able to do so much um, for so long. And right now we are looking at ways to, to continue that research and with a little more, um, in a more expansive manner. So you are a, um, a membership-based organization, am I correct? Yes. How does one become a member or how does a company become a, a member? What's the criteria? We have varied membership levels, so you can become a member at the student level, you can be a senior individual dance company or, or um, an industry professional, agent, manager, et cetera. And so um, someone could visit our website um, and find details about um, our benefits, our membership levels. And then of course, once you become a member, you get to join this amazing community of um of artists and, and artistry and um, engage in the conference and so many other things that we offer, like the Kohai program that um, Omar just discussed and so many other things. So we're coming to a close of the program. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your organization or a conference with our audience that we may not have covered? Um, I, I, the first thing, of course, is that I encourage anyone who has not, um, you know, considered coming to the conference, joining us for the conference to, um, to think about it, the performances that happen um, throughout the conference have something for everyone. So when you hear conference, it's not just plenaries and sessions and workshops. There are also performances that are um, inspiring and thought-provoking and engaging and, you know, moments when you're like, oh my God, I wish I was that flexible, <laughs> you know, like all of those things. So, I, you know, I, I encourage people to, um, 
whenever we are close to you in a community near you, we do the conference at present every year. Um, come out and support and see people of all ages um, taking the stage to represent Blacks in dance. Um, the other thing that I would say is not just this conference and not just our organization. It is so critical that people support Black dance, that you buy a ticket, that you attend a show, that you make a gift to your local Black dance organization. We are, the, the organizations that we serve, the individuals that we serve, the artists that we serve are our storytellers in the same way that our poets, our painters, our actors are. These are storytellers and they exist with support. So it's critical that you take an opportunity to go see a show, to make a donation, to, to you know have your children in classes because you perpetuate and continue the legacy and the story of Black dance. That's very, that's a very important point. Thank you for sharing. Omar, would you like to add anything? Um, I would say it's a great time. Um, it, it, we, we, it has lots of names, uh, lots of nicknames. One of it is the movable feast. Um, and I think that is it. I, I, it is a space to gather with your friends, your colleagues, new friends, new colleagues, um, to just be able to bask in the greatness that is Black people um, and Black dance uh, and the all-encompassing space that that holds. Um, and then it's also a space to learn about new dance companies, new trends, et cetera. We will, so if you are able to join us in Memphis, it's we will have about 43 different dance companies performing over four nights. And so in that, it, there is inevitably someone you may not have ever heard of um, but it's a welcome introduction to new people and new styles. Um, and May, uh, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday who said, oh, why don't people like musical theater? And they then go, oh, but the, this one musical made it be something for me. And I think that what we do here is while you may not like dance or understand dance, there's an opportunity that the light bulb may, the, the light switch may flick. Um, and you be introduced to a style of dance that says, oh, this is for me, or either to get up and try or something that I just want to follow. Um, and so in that, I think uh, our our little love letter this year is should be received pretty well. Great, great. Thank you. So if anybody wanted to stay up to date on what your organization was doing, where should they go? IABDassociation.org. Okay. IA bdassociation.org. Everybody got that? <laughs> well, I'd like to thank um, Omar Ingram and Dr. Natasha Moreland Spears for joining me today to discuss the International Association of Blacks in Dance. Now you know about it, follow it, and make sure you support. And for everyone joining in, thank you and consider yourself Blacklit. <laughs>